Hey everyone, this is Ryan Lister from Food Trucks in Babylon, and I just want to introduce our speaker today. We have Shy Lin with us, who is a recording artist and an author. He has numerous hip-hop albums, including The Attributes of God and The Atonement. As an author, he's written the kids' book, God Made Me and You. And today, we'll be talking about his most recent project, The New Reformation, Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity. Today, we'll be talking about racial unity, why it's important, and how the church can approach it from a biblical perspective. We will be asking the question, how can Christians of different ethnicities pursue unity in an environment that is so highly charged and full of landmines on all sides? Shailen is a wonderful representative of how to do this and a helpful guide as we go through these issues. Please join us. Welcome back to Food Trucks in Babylon. This is Ryan Lister speaking with Todd Miles, and we have a special guest with us today, Shai Lin. And Shai Lin has just released a new book called The New Reformation, Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity. Good to have you with us here, Shai. Good to be here. What's going on? Um, I would love for you, I, I know most of our audience probably knows your name, knows some of your work. Uh, but I'd love for you just to answer a brief question to sort of sort of open the doors for those who might not know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you had a, a business card, what might that business card say? Do you have a business card? I don't. Have okay. A I don't believe in business cards. <laughs> okay. All right. Believe. So this, we're totally pushing a button here already. <laughs> we're starting this off horribly. Yep. Um, so if you did, uh-huh. uh, what would it say? Shylet. I like, yes, that's good. <laughs> what would be the sub points uh, of your career? Maybe, maybe if I could do it this way, if you had to fill out of, like, it seems to me like you, you, you have been able to just do things you love doing. Mm. Mm. So if you had to, if you were forced to write a resume, uh-huh. what would the top of your resume say about <laughs> where you've been and what you do? Um, Christian hip hop artist author, church planter, writer, lover of Jesus. That's good. Those are all good good. things. You you could probably get that on a business card. (laughs) For me? Yeah. 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 yeah, Absolutely. Christian hip hop artist. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Not for Todd. That that, That wouldn't be on yours. Totally me. That wouldn't be on yours. Okay. You'd probably get all what he said on a business card somewhere. Mm -hmm. Might be, might be a larger business card. Yeah. Uh, So, so um, why this book, why this book right now and in 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 that who who are you writing to with this new reformation Mm -hmm. well in terms of why now you know just surveying the culture and what's the events that have taken place over the course of the last year uh, particularly with george floyd and and all of the um, fallout from that the the protests and um you know it's, it's just a very volatile moment um, in our culture at, at large and and then when when you look at the church where you would hope that there would be an oasis from from all of the the division the ethnic and political strife in the world you would hope that the church would provide an oasis but mm-hmm. as we look at the church it's you know sadly we see it seems to be just as much division within mm-hmm. the church 
concerning these issues. Um, and so, um, so, so the, in terms of the audience, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's directed to, towards the people of God, you know, finding mm -hmm. hope in the mm -hmm. fight for ethnic unity. And so yeah. what, what are the, the tools that we can use from scripture to, to pursue that? That's great. So you start the book with 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 your story, mm -hmm. and then I think there's elements of of or, or at least plays on the word story throughout uh, with the different parts of the book. Uh, take us through briefly, kind of your story. Uh, how did you get to this point? What 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 prepared you to write this book? Now, how far back you want me to go? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know we, we can be here for in a the minute, beginning, yeah. you know all the way to in the beginning. Yes, uh, it, maybe maybe just the highlights of your testimony. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, because I, I just thought that was an excellent way to begin the book because it, it, it made it deeply personal right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I grew up not as a Christian, not in a Christian home, um, very much uh, discipled by hip hop culture in the 80s and 90s. Um, so much of my worldview was really shaped informed by the the hip-hop artists that I was listening to and and the particular kind of hip-hop that I listened to was was very political um, very you know there, there's a term that one of the artists used to use called edutainment okay um, and so so the idea was to you know take take this form uh, of hip-hop and, and use it to to communicate information to the to the hearer you know be, beyond just you know, partying and, and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, and so that, that really gripped my heart. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I have a background in theater. So I studied uh, theater at the University of the, of the Arts in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and a third year of college, uh, basically partied my way out of school, um, dropped one, one too many classes, took me under the credit limit for financial yeah. aid. Yeah, you said uh, in the book, I think, because it was too early. A nice eight thirty class. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I totally resonated with that. That's just totally unreasonable. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Completely unreasonable. Yeah, I would do this to people. Eight thirty a.m. class for people who are partying <laughs> until four a.m. doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, and so, so yeah. So long, long story short, um, I was I was in South Carolina. That's right. Yes, um, the promised land of all places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like South Carolina actually, except for <laughs> met Jesus there. So. And, and in my, my circle of friends, there was a young lady who was a Christian. And it, it was really the first time that I had met an unbeliever in my peer, peer group, okay. which was a big party crowd. And, uh, and so there were a number of things that really stood out about her um, in terms of the way that, you know, we didn't treat her well. Um, and mm. she just returned that with nothing but kindness. She mm. was very open about her faith, mm. which was something that was just really foreign to me. Um, and the Lord really used her her witness um, to, to open my eyes to the possibility of, um, you know, what it means to follow Christ. Uh, but uh, long, long story short, um, I was at a party and in the midst of that party, uh, everybody's intoxicated. I'm kind of looking around the room. And before that night, if you would have asked me if I believed in good and evil, my worldview, which at that point was influenced by hip hop and kind of new age theology mm. um i would have said no nah, i don't think there's a such thing as objective evil or mm. evil for its own sake but just different levels of good but at that party as i looked around the room i had this keen sense that i was in the presence of the demonic mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that just kind of terrified me and so went out on the balcony to clear my mind and as i was out there i started to think about 
things that my mom had told me mm. years before. So my mom is a believer. She had mm. witnessed to me for years. And I told her, um, basically, if that works for you, fine, but don't try to push it off on me. And um, and so she you know, just took it to prayer, prayed for me for over a decade. Mm. Um, and and as I was out there on the balcony, two things, I, two things really hit home for me. One was that I had rejected the Bible, but I never actually read it for mm, myself. Okay. So I had all these arguments that I thought were sophisticated against Christianity, but I never actually read the Bible for myself. Mm. Um, so just really convicted of that. And then the second thing was trying to run my own life just was not working <laughs> at mm. all. Um, and so not long after that night, went to a bookstore, grabbed the Bible for the first time. And the first thing I remember reading is Psalm 25, 7, where David says, remember not the rebellious ways of my youth. The Lord, wow. I, Lord just cut me to the heart mm. with that. Uh, let my mom know what was going on. She told me to read the book of John. Okay. And so it was, it was through reading the book of John that I was, that I was converted. Mm. Um, and, and so that was in 1999. Um, and so I uh, immediately went, went back to Philly. And, and when I was there, um, I started going to my mom's church, which was a uh, kind of traditional black church. Mm -hmm. um, with Baptist roots kind of thing. And, 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 and welcomed with opened arms because apparently all these people have been praying for you. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Complete. I, it was, it was like, I walked into a brand new family and yeah. you know, people who knew me, I didn't know them. But, <laughs> um, and so that, that was really encouraging. And then at the same time, um, a friend of mine from college uh, who had become a believer, he invited me to come to 10th Presbyterian, mm. um, which at that, Boyce there? at that time yeah. it was James Boyce. Yeah, okay. James Boyce was the preacher in the mornings and Phil Reichen was the preacher in the Good evenings. Good night. That's not a, not a bad day. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. How did they receive you? Wonderfully, wonderfully, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, with open arms, um, it, you know, it was, it was interesting being at both of those churches at mm -hmm. the same time because I kind of got the full gamut of- Boy, I bet. Yeah, it, and, and it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, so then along with that, um, so you have, you know, my mom's church, we have 10th Presbyterian and then um, um, you have this Christian hip hop community mm -hmm. that's that's in Philly. Um, and, you know, around that time I had um, you know started to uh, do some writing. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got kind of got introduced to that world, which was kind of a different world than than the other two. Um, and. Um, and really, it was it was it was this is the cross movement. Is that here in Philly? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So the cross movement. Um, they there was a release party for one of their artists, the ambassador, yeah. and and you know I talk about in the book how I walked into this you know this concert and looked around the room and saw <clears throat> a thousand people who were all just externally it was hip hop. It was mm -hmm. a hip hop crowd, and with the major difference of coming from the the artists on the stage it was it was christ it was mm. the gospel uh, and so that was really transformative for me in terms of understanding um christ and culture um and the idea that you know when it when it came to my culture which which was hip-hop culture god wasn't calling me to throw off the mm. culture entirely um but but rather to um to follow Christ and and explore what it meant to exalt Christ within the context of that culture, and so, um, and so yeah, that 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 led to eventually doing some recording and um, and and eventually it it was it was interesting as as all of these worlds kind of begin to to intersect. Mm -hmm. um, so and at that time it was you had the kind of the rise of the young restless and reformed um, mm -hmm. at that time in the mid 2000s and um 
And yeah, there was really just a convergence of a lot of different things. And, 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 and I would say the, it was great. So I, I think there was a lot of fruit that came from, from those things. There were a lot of cross-cultural partnerships and, uh, with, you know, with hip hop guys and, 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 you know, young restless and reformed and, and it, and it was, it was good. Um, I think the, the first kind of, um, sign of kind of cracks in the foundation of the unity there was, mm. was in 2012 with the Trayvon Martin okay. shooting, uh, where, um, where, where there was a markedly different response from many black Christians and white Christians concerning that, that particular mm. event. Um, and, and then in the years to years following, uh, there's, um, you know, successive events mm-hmm. like that, um, that pr- provoke different responses uh, from different communities, and um, and in many, and I, I, I highlight that in the book um, that, yeah, in many ways, that's kind of yeah. led to the. In, you know, and you still have your feet very much in in kind of two different uh, cultural settings at this point. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So you have the kind of the Christian hip hop world, mm-hmm. um, and then at that at that point, I was in the kind of kind of nine marks yeah. world. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fascinating because those 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 worlds are are very present in this book, and you see you interacting and engaging uh, all these different backgrounds. One, one thing I just off the side, what, what does your mom think about your ministry? That's just something that was floating. Around. What does she say these days? Oh uh, yeah, my my mom is so proud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so so me and my mom were close even before I became a Christian. Mm-hmm. But but after I got saved, it, was, it just took it to a whole other level. And and actually, my my mom is is a member of the church that I planted. Oh, that's now. great. Uh, and so it's 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 been sweet uh, just just to be able to um, yeah interact with her on the things of the Lord. And uh, so she yeah she's she's been she's been a beaming proud mom for that's the good. last twenty years. That's really really good. But we want to jump in the book, uh, having that background, as as Todd said, having that background coming to you through the book, I think really helps you sort of see kind of where the the pathways ahead uh, through your argument and uh, through your engagement with this issue, this this racial tension, this racial reconciliation. But what's what's interesting about the book is you you say you know what we need to work first on on our language, on our nomenclature, on our vernacular. Mm. Uh, and so you actually say that um, race and racism are, are terms that are loaded with sort of unbiblical assumptions about anthropology, so, mm-hmm. so much so that you actually put them in quotes throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, could you walk us through maybe a, a little bit of the, that background of the unbiblical assumptions surrounding race and racism? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, well, then we'll talk about if not race and racism, then where do we go? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so even the, the idea of, of race as we understand it in, in America is, is, you know, it's founded on it, it, it's a it's a, a social sociological construct mm-hmm. um, that was that was really con- constructed to, to support and defend the idea of slavery. And, mm-hmm. and it was undergirded with faulty science um, that, you know, basically it espoused um, faulty biological differences between Mm -hmm. people of different with different physical features. Mm -hmm. And and that that's all been debunked. And Mm -hmm. and and it's it's 
uh, has no basis in science whatsoever. Uh, so the terminology, in a way, sets you up for a lot of the tensions that we feel today, or 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 support it, or 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 build it out. Is that correct? Or? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it 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 creates this this dichotomy between people mm. um, that's very arbitrary okay. in, in terms of what it's based on, and yeah. you know, and when and when you think about how how people how people looked at themselves, um, you know, what, what, how people categorized themselves before, before America, mm -hmm. it was, it was all based on nationality mm -hmm. or, or tribe or, you know, that, that region. kind of thing, yeah. region, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, geographic, mm -hmm. you know, th that, those kinds of things. Um, uh, it's, it's only, it's only within this context of American slavery mm -hmm. where, you, where you begin to see people identify themselves not as Irish or Polish, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, or Ukrainian, but white, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, so my, what I, what I sought to do in the book was to say, okay, what, what what's, what's a biblical way mm -hmm. that we can understand these, these distinctions that we're talking mm -hmm. about? Um, Cause I, you know, language is important. Mm -hmm. um, and if we, if we're, we're going to, address these things it's it's important to to speak about them in in ways that are in line with biblical truth mm. rather than capitulating mm -hmm. to the culture and, and using their terms so mm -hmm. i know that it's audacious um, because you know when when people say race in our culture they often mean ethnicity mm -hmm. um which i'm sure we'll get to in a second yeah. but um but yeah I, I was i'm one of the things i'm hoping to do is to is to change the way we actually talk about it right so would you say so we have we have pastors listening to our podcast hopefully they're listening i hope uh, would you say that this is a, a helpful transition to lead your people through as you pursue sort of the words that you use the terminology uses ethnic unity would you say that's a helpful push to to, to pursue in the church i believe so okay i, I, I believe so um you know, old habits die hard, um, and and I understand that we you know we've been socialized to mm -hmm. to to think in in certain terminology. Um, yeah. But when when it comes to other areas, we're we're quick to yeah. say, no, that's how how can we talk about this biblically? You know, what's what's mm -hmm. the biblical category yeah. for that? Yeah. Um, and so I believe that's important in in this area as well. Yeah, and I think it's going to be helpful too because when we're reading our Bibles, we run into language of the nations That's right. uh, which which you do a great job in your book of, of walking through how the scriptures uh, speak to ethnicity and nations mm -hmm. and such yeah and if you could just maybe sort of help flesh that out a little bit with regard what is that so the drive even that subtitle that ethnic unity yeah well, what is that yeah so 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 a big part of the the argument that i make in the book is that the, the reason why ethnicity is a better term than race is is because of the the greek word ethnos mm -hmm. um, so the word ethnos um, is very common in scripture mm -hmm. and that that root is where we get our ethnicity from and and so ethnos, when, when we look at texts like Revelation 5, 9, and 7, 9, you mm -hmm. know, a people from every tribe and language and people and nation, right? Mm -hmm. Under nation right there is, is ethnos. ethnos is yeah. right there. Um, and, and in the Bible, it's referring to, it's, it's used a couple of different ways, but one way is, you know, when we see Gentiles, right? 
ethnos is often under that. So it's, it's people outside of, of Israel, outside of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea in that word is, uh, it's, it's, it's very much cultural because there's another word that, that is related to it that means forming a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we talk about culture, we're just talking about you know, behavior patterns, human behavior patterns that are sociologically rather than biologically transmitted. Mm-hmm. Um, when we speak about culture, just the way that we do things. Um, and, and so, so there, there's a, there's a very firm foundation for, for ethnos in, in the scriptures. And, uh, and so a big part of the book is the kind of fleshing, fleshing that out and, right. and why we need to use that terminology instead. Yeah. And, and so you, you do, uh, so you, from the beginning you say, okay, we need to rethink even our, our, our language. And you also say we need to rethink our starting point. So the, the the language takes us back into scripture and gives it a biblical grounds for thinking through sort of this this race tension, this mm-hmm. racial tension that we're facing. But you also talk about okay, what's a good starting point for this discussion? And you go to the Reformation. Hmm. So why why start with the Reformation? So you know the. Praise God for the Reformation, right? <laughs> um, you know, mo- most of our denominations um, today have the the Reformation to thank. Yeah, and um, their roots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I really highlight that the five solas there. So um, you know, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, mm-hmm. to the glory of God alone, based on Scripture alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know. That that should be uncontroversial, right? Like should be, like, yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, those those realities and, right. and those those anchors that we that we hold on to yeah. as um, as evangelicals, and um, and so um, you know the 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 question that I was grappling with, um, and and this this book is a big part of kind of fleshing that out, which right. is um, how do we account for the um, the the stained history of the Reformed tradition mm-hmm. when it comes to the mm-hmm. issue of ethnic or racial injustice, mm-hmm. um, uh, p- particularly in America, um, mm-hmm. how, you know, how how do we how do we understand the the complicity of many of our our Reformed forefathers mm-hmm. when it comes to issues like slavery and mm-hmm. um, and and th- and that that was a that was a very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thing that I was grappling with and really trying to understand. And, and so, um, so for me personally, I, I had to go back to the Reformation and say, okay, is there anything mm-hmm. within the doctrine itself that kind of lends itself towards to, to blind spots in this, mm-hmm. in this area? What I discovered was that, no, I didn't, it wasn't the, the doctrine itself. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's important because because many people um, will will say that you know the the Reformation was was something that is is Eurocentric mm-hmm. in nature mm-hmm. um, and and that it's you know it's 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 patriarchal in mm-hmm. in, in the worst sense of whatever that means mm-hmm. um, and and so we just had to kind of throw that throw throw it out kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater we can't trust it mm-hmm. um, and. And I'm like, mm, no, because because when I look at the Reformation emphases, I see that it's completely based on Scripture, mm-hmm. um, and and so there's 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 nothing 
Eurocentric about <laughs> Romans three <laughs> and Romans nine. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, and so 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 for me, it was it, it was just a very very personal thing to say. Okay, if it's not the doctrine, then then what what does it mean to to apply those truths within this this particular area? And so that's what I'm, that's what I set out to do. You actually uh, engage with the question: What do we do with Jonathan Edwards now? Mm-hmm. What do we do with George Whitfield? Mm-hmm. And you you walk us through your own thinking on that. You have come uh, to the conclusion by by conscience mm-hmm. that. Uh, that you can still learn from these people, but but not everybody is going to come to that same conclusion. Right. right now. That's right. Um, and yeah. And so so in in one of the chapters, I really kind of lay, lay out wh- why why I still read Jonathan Edwards in mm-hmm. in particular. Um, and um, without giving too much away, yeah. Um, yeah. The the one one of the points that I make there is that you know w- when we're dealing with these historical figures in in some some cases what we what the information that we have um concerning particular areas may be very limited um and and particularly with jonathan edwards as far as what he has actually written he's written a lot right he's written voluminously Mm -hmm. um um, but yet when it comes to his ideas on slavery it's actually very little um, that we have from his pen um Mm -hmm. and and so so my thought is that given that very little that we have, we can either kind of fill in the blanks or fill in the gaps mm-hmm. of our knowledge. We can fill those gaps in charitably or uncharitably. Yeah. I think you do this very admirably uh, mm-hmm. throughout the book. I, I, I found it to be very, very charitable. And you know, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us to, to, to believe all things, to hope all things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think you model for us how we can think charitably while still thinking critically that's right about these so that's right yeah what one of the things you write in the book and it sort of hones in on what we're talking about here is you say i'm not going to blame a reformation teaching for the sin of martin luther or jonathan edwards any more than i would blame the teachings of the new testament when i disobey god mm. what, what, what does that what does that mean like how, how, do, how does that help us in this space yeah I mean, it's, you know, and, and and maybe part of it is due to just my my background mm-hmm. um, b- before coming to Christ. So, so one of my biggest arguments against Christianity was the was the bad behavior mm-hmm. of hypocrisy, people, yeah, and hypocrisy of people yeah. who profess to be Christians, right? Yeah. So, you know, you know, the Crusades. What's up with the Crusades? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like that that was something that I would right. say, yeah. right? Um, yeah. As as an unbeliever and. And it was really coming to Christ that that I recognized. Wait a second, I can't, I can't hold Jesus or the Bible responsible for professing Christians who disobey them, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know that that's that's just that's just poor thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so 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 in this in this area, I, I think the same thought goes as well um you know for for our heroes of the faith who who sin um you know we we don't Mm -hmm. and and, you know we have a a huge catalog beginning in scripture um you know one of the things that's very clear from the bible is that there's only one hero Mm -hmm. and his name is jesus Mm -hmm. Uh, and so 
the 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 sins of of the saints are on full display uh, throughout the Bible, right. um, and uh, and that's not to excuse sin, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just to recognize that we are we're all sinners in yeah. need of of a savior, yeah. uh, and so. Um, yeah, so that's that's the idea. We don't we don't want to blame the Lord or His Word um, for for Christians who disobey them. Yeah. So we've looked at the subtitle of your book in detail, but the title, the the New Reformation. Mm. What is a new Reformation? Yeah, so the the new when I, when I say new Reformation, what what I don't mean, as I alluded to earlier, is so what I'm not saying is we're changing the doctrine of, <laughs> Come of the some new solas. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Thank you. I'd have to rewrite all of my systematic theology lectures. <laughs> yeah. So right. I, I, I appreciate that. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it, it's what, what I'm saying is that what's new about it is not the doctrine, but rather the, the people who are included in the discussion mm. concerning the doctrine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so, you know, when, when we when we look at, you know, events like the the Westminster Assembly um, and, and we give praise to God for what came from that uh, in terms of the confession of faith and the, the catechisms, larger and shorter catechisms. But when we when, when we see who formed that, you look at the pictures or the paintings mm -hmm. <laughs> from that time and it's all white guys. Yeah. Right. Um, and. Praise God for white guys, <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's more, and you guys are wonderful white guys. Um, but That's good. <laughs> I don't know about Todd. Yeah, I, I, I get to add to my business card all the That's time. Great. Thank yeah, you yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. This is great. Yeah. Um, but but there's know, more to it than that. There's more to it than right. that. Um, and and the the kingdom of God is more diverse than that. And 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 the church is is benefited when when you have diverse groups of people, diverse groups of believers mm. who are able to uh, to speak into, uh, you know, this this particular uh, conversation. And so mm. so when I say when I say new reformation, I'm talking about the um, this uh, this this group of this diverse group of blood bought believers mm. who are now weighing in on on these truths that mm. we hold so dear. Yeah. That's good. Let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and we'll hear a question from the food cart pods here in Portland. Hi, my name is Eric and I'm in the MDiv program at Western Seminary. My favorite part about studying here is being able to develop those close relationships with fellow students in and outside of the classroom while discovering how I can love God with my whole life. I also really appreciate that my professors care about what I'm learning alongside my personal spiritual formation. Western Seminary offers a number of programs to help students prepare for the work God has called them to do through rigorous education designed with practical application. If you are interested in learning more about Western or starting your application, visit us online at westernseminary.edu. Now, back to the show. Well, we're back with Shailen. Thanks so much for being here with us. Uh, quick question from Babylon. Hmm. Why do we need the Bible to address race, particularly when 
the church has such a lousy track record, especially here in the U.S., in addressing race. And it seems like we're talking about race a lot more now, and people aren't looking to the Bible. So why do we actually need to look at the Bible? Yeah, I mean, if we're not, as, as Christians, if we're not going to look to the Bible, where are we going to look? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> we, 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 have, we have no hope apart from God's infallible word mm. and, and what he has communicated to us. The, the, the history of humanity, of fallen humanity, is a futile attempt to answer the most important questions apart mm. from God's revelation. Mm. And as Christians, we must reject th that way of thinking. Um, I'm, I'm not interested at all in having any discussion of importance that isn't grounded in, rooted in, and shaped by mm. scripture. Even Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> you, you, had, you had to go there. Yeah. There's probably there. there's probably things rooted in scripture that, yeah, you, you probably have answers, actually. <laughs> yeah, so when I think about the Eagles, I think about total depravity yeah. in, many, in many different, different ways. Yeah. Um, the effects like of the, the fall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. We're seeing it played out. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Right there. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we, we, we have to be grounded in, yeah, in the okay. Bible, uh, and 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 part part of what uh, grieves me is is as I as I look out, particularly on social media, and we see some of these discussions, just just how um, how much scripture is lacking in mm. in some of these conversations. So, mm. um, so I believe the Bible yeah. speaks to this issue, and and as Christians, we. We must, we must um, search the scriptures to, to address it. So one of the tools that people are turning to today is, is critical race theory, mm -hmm. CRT. And, in, and you do not address it by name mm -hmm. in the book. Um, why not? One of the things that I didn't want was to trap the book into our current cultural context. Um, having walked with the Lord for a couple of decades, one of the things that I've seen is that there are things that come and go. Okay. Um, there are things that we that that are all the rage to be talked about one year, and then three years later, no one's talking about them at all. Right? So you know, emergent church, anybody? You know, um, <laughs> prayer of Jabez, anybody? Um, you know, you have you have all these things that kind of come up, um, and um, and so I didn't want to date the book in that way. Okay. Um, and and then also, you know, there, there's the there's the old uh, illustration that if you want to uh, teach someone teach teach someone how to identify counterfeit money, that you don't you don't get them to study counterfeit money, but you get them to study the real thing <laughs> because okay. when they, by studying the real thing closely they're able to identify the false thing um, when they spot it. And, and so, so for me, I thought it was, was much more important to, um, to go into the scriptures and, and, and build the case for, um, for understanding eth ethnicity from a biblical standpoint and then, um, and then the, the biblical commands to pursue unity along those lines rather than hone in on mm -hmm. on every unbiblical philosophy okay so how 
how do we address the idea of uh, of sin? How, or that is, how do we categorize ethnic sin, or what what some would just say is is racism? Right. Yeah. So one of the arguments that I make in in the book is that is that racism is is one of those loaded terms that mm -hmm. can say too much and not enough mm -hmm. at the same time. Okay. Um, so you know, the, the, there's not a lot of room for shades of meaning okay. when, when when that term is thrown out. Um, and so so I'm so I'm not saying there's no such thing mm -hmm. as as racism, but what I am saying is that when we when we talk about racism, we can be more faithful in how and and specifically what we're talking about and right. using biblical categories and biblical language. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, and so and and there's a section in the book where I walk through different ethnic sins mm -hmm. um, and which often just get lumped under the same label of racism. That's right. Yeah. Right. And so 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 one, one of the things I say is, you know, when someone says racism, they, they could mean anything from the KKK yeah. to implicit bias. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wide range, you know, you know, mm -hmm. and so um, and so, you know, there, there are a number of things that I list as ethnic sins. And so so one is ethnic pride, mm -hmm. right, um, which which is a, a sin of the heart. And it's it's uh, um, having a, a puffed up view of oneself based on their ethnicity and uh, corresponding with a, a negative view towards others based on their ethnicity. Yes. Right. Um, and and that and that's something that you don't you don't even have to open your mouth in order for that sin to be active in, yeah. in your life. Right. Um, and and so 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 that that's a that's a sin of of the heart. There, there's ethnic hatred. So ethnic hatred is um, that that's often what people mean when they say racism. Mm -hmm. This is kind of uh, active, uh, pronounced animosity towards a person based on their ethnicity that often leads to, to violence. Um, and uh, so that's certainly a, a category of, of sin. There's this ethnic favoritism, uh, which, which is a, a preferring of um, or a, a shunning of a, a person based on their ethnicity. And so, so I, I, I give scriptural examples mm -hmm. and cultural examples for each, each one of those things, but, um, and there, there are a number, number of others, but, but what I'm really trying to do is to, is to nuance the conversation so that, so that when we, when, when we're speaking about it, that, that we using proper biblical categories and, uh, and not just, Kind of using this blanket cover of of uh, quote unquote racism. All right. Well, we want to break uh, into a little bit of a speed round here. So I'm going to ask you uh, some some questions that you can respond uh, to one, two, three sentences if you can. These mm -hmm. might be too big, but <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Um, why does ethnic unity matter to the church and to God? Because it matters to the church because it matters to God. That's good. Yeah. Um, so it matters to God because he, God the Father, loves his son and the glory of his son so much that he determined that one ethnicity was nowhere near enough mm -hmm. 
to declare the glories yeah. of the risen Christ. Yeah. He determined that uh, that there would be a, um, a multiplicity, uh, a, a, that Jesus would have a multicolored yeah. bride, and and God is is glorified in in that glorious diversity mm -hmm. that that which which is united under the banner of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and and Him crucified, and and it's. It's embedded into the the, the gospel itself, mm -hmm. God's plan for for uh, ethnic unity and diversity. That's good. So then, is ethnic disunity is that a repudiation of the gospel? Ethnic disunity is absolutely a repudiation of the gospel, and and we really see that in in Galatians, uh, where where uh, you have the, this example of Peter and Paul and. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Peter is is eating with the Gentiles, and then the Judaizers come, and um, and he separates himself from the Gentiles, and, and and Paul confronts him publicly. He says, when 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 he saw that what Peter was doing was not in step with the gospel, mm -hmm. um, so 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 for Peter to 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 re erect <laughs> the walls um, that 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 Christ's death tore down, for him to bring those walls right back up. Uh, Paul says that's not in keeping with the gospel. Is it a sin to pastor or attend a culturally non-diverse church today? Not at all, um, because particularly in in America, <laughs> we we live in a, a very uh, it's a very segregated right. country, right? Right. So you have uh, many many places that are homogenous mm -hmm. and and where ethnic diversity is, is impossible because mm -hmm. you just don't have the you don't have the right. mm -hmm. people of other ethnicities there. Um, and mm -hmm. so, um, so I, I don't I don't believe that that Revelation five nine and seven nine. I believe that those are that's a view of of heaven. Right. <laughs> um, it's something that if we're as we're able mm -hmm. in this world to strive towards it, but yeah. but we're not, you know. I don't think that that's prescriptive to mm -hmm. say everybody has to have a church that mm -hmm. uh, that looks like this. Does Jesus address ethnic unity? I mean, he he he, he came to the Jews. Mm. Does he address ethnic unity? He does. Um, so so I would say implicitly, uh, it's 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 addressed in passages like John seventeen, okay. where, where where Jesus prays for the to, for the oneness. Of, of the church um, and and I believe that ethnic unity is implied is implied there um, but then you see it explicitly in uh, in passages like the the parable of the Good Samaritan okay uh, where where the Lord Jesus is like <laughs> directly hitting at their um, their ethnocentric sensibilities mm -hmm. there where where the um, the Samaritan who you know that that's an ethnic group that was that was hated mm -hmm. by by the Jews at that time. He, he makes the Samaritan the hero of of that story, and um, and, there, and there are a number of instances throughout the Gospels uh, where uh, the uh, J Jewish uh, presumption mm -hmm. and, and 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 pride is is really um, turned on its head. What does the, sort of the doctrine of a union of Christ or union with Christ? Mm -hmm. Uh, mean for ethnic unity it's central it's central because that that the, the our, our union with Christ gets at mm. our very identity mm. it, it begins to talk about okay who, who fundamentally who am I mm. and 
And as Christians, the, the glorious answer to that question is, I am united with Christ mm. by faith. Mm. Um, and, and, and that counts not only for me, but that counts for all of my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so um, who we are in Christ by virtue of our union with him is, is more foundational, more fundamental to our very being than anything else, including ethnicity. Now, in the book, you're very clear that 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 you're skeptical of of worldly efforts to achieve this kind of ethnic unity, and so your solution. I mean, I I may be like spoiling the book here at this point. <laughs> is is the is the gospel? It's but but in, in but specifically, it's the doctrine of justification by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very briefly and and let people buy the book yeah. <laughs> to 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 see the extended argument how does justification by grace through faith how is that the answer and this is that rooting down in that reformation idea yeah 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 when i recognize that my salvation is not based on anything that i've done on any righteousness that I have, but rather a foreign righteousness that has been imputed to me by faith. When, when that gets beyond my head and really enters <laughs> into my soul, um, and and I'm and I'm rooted in that, that mm. has to affect the way that I see my brothers and sisters in Christ. The I, I my, my my greatest need was was to be forgiven to receive this foreign righteousness and and so what that should do is eliminate all notions of of pride and and particularly particularly ethnic pride um you know it 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 opens the door for um my loving and interacting with my my brothers and sisters in Christ because I I recognize that okay I'm a sinner and I need to be justified I need to be forgiven and God has done that for me in the gospel so therefore who am I to withhold forgiveness from a brother or sister in Christ who disagrees with me on on, on a particular issue like mm. ethnicity um and uh, and and it, there's just so many ramifications um, to uh, this, you know, applying this this doctrine uh, in this area. Well, let's let's do that. Let's bridge that. I'd love to bridge this into the church, specifically here at the end for for pastors. Mm-hmm. So as we think about our audience, we like like I said earlier, we do have uh, pastors listening and. One of the things we've seen just out of 2020 with 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 everything coming at them, uh, but but specifically here today, this this racial unrest, this racial injustice is sort of just palpable throughout this year. Um, what would you say to a pastor who is overwhelmed and discouraged by the disunity, uh, the the ethnic disunity that he sees in uh, his own congregation? Yeah, well, one one thing I would say is that you're not alone. Mm. Um, I, I think that that that's something that a lot of people are are experiencing, and 
And my encouragement would be one prayer. Mm -hmm. um, so so seek the Lord. This this is this is not the kind of the, you know the the battle is is so um, deeply rooted and mm -hmm. there's there's so many dynamics at play that it's not going to be something that's going to be solved in our own strength. Um, we mm -hmm. we must depend on the Holy Spirit. So uh, crying out to God and and and. And asking him to, to to do in our congregations what we can't do for ourselves in our own strength, mm -hmm. um, and and then I, I, I would encourage um, patience in teaching mm -hmm. and instructing, um, and and really leaning in on the the texts in Scripture that um, uh, that deal with unity. Um, you know, impressing those passages on the consciences of of your people, I think I think is very important, and mm -hmm. and and I, and I think a big part of it is, and pastors ought to be calling their congregations to is 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 walking in love, um, and 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 really, you know, following what the Lord Jesus referred to as as the new command, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, which which is which is to love one another, and uh, and, and I believe that these. These times, which are so fraught with with division, are re really providing an opportunity uh, for for pastors to um, to really lean in on encouraging congregations what it means to what it means to walk in love. What about for pastors who small church? They look at their congregation very white, mm -hmm. maybe totally white. And yet they, they see all that's going on in the world. They turn on the news. We're being um, bombarded with, with story after story uh, uh, about the, the unrest. Uh, what counsel would you give to a pastor in that situation? What, what wisdom? Would it be the same? Um, yeah. So, so let me, let me come, come back. It's totally to fine. You. So, yeah. so, so when you say, all white, all white congregations. Are are you saying that that there's no interaction with with other people by the members, that kind of thing, or it could be, it could be maybe they're just in a small town where the, that there's not a lot of ethnic diversity, and yet, okay, and and yet maybe they want to get out in front of it, but they they're just not sure what they're supposed to say to this kind mm -hmm. of majority culture congregation. Yeah. So, so one one of the points that I make in in the book um, is the importance of of affection and sympathy okay. um, when it comes to this issue, and mm. and and I do believe that that proximity is one of the catalysts for mm -hmm. developing affection mm -hmm. and sympathy. Um, and so, so if you're in a situation where we just don't have that proximity at all. Um, I do think it's going to be harder in one yeah. sense, mm -hmm. um, but sure. then, but in that case, I would I would recommend, um, uh, you know, widening your reading list, okay. right? Because it's often through reading that mm -hmm. that we can get a proximity that we wouldn't get otherwise, um, and so so that might be part of it. Um, but but yeah, it's it's going to be, and and I, th I think I think a pastor can. Uh, can still speak um, through through teaching mm -hmm. the word um, on this topic mm -hmm. um, because again it's it's not like this is something that that the Bible right. it's is con it's concerned about yeah. so if if you're preaching 
expositorily, <laughs> you're going through the scriptures, like this is going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there are ways to, uh, to apply the scripture okay. in, in, in this particular area. Okay. That's good. Okay, Shai, um, where, where does the church go from here? How do we move forward? Uh, what, and part of that I think is just asking you the question, what is, what are you hopeful for? What am I hopeful for? Yeah, yeah, and, and how does that drive uh, sort of the motive and direction of the church mm-hmm. towards this this ethnic unity mm-hmm. well i'm 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 hopeful because we know the end of the story mm-hmm. right so we we know where we know where where this is all going it's 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 going to the new heavens and the new earth mm-hmm. with people from every tribe language people mm-hmm. and nation surrounding mm-hmm. the throne worshiping christ mm-hmm. no more Ethnic strife, no more racism, mm. no 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 more sin, mm. um, and and so um, one thing that that I learned from Mark Dever uh, many years ago, something that he said that that really stuck with me, is that um, basically if we're if we're tempted to despair um, concerning sin and mm-hmm. what's going on in this world, what we need to do is look all the way forward to that time the throne christ glory look 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 ahead read Tre- uh, revelation 21 and 22 read revelation 21 yes. and 22 <laughs> and then back up mm. yeah back up mm. and recognize okay that's where we're going mm-hmm. and so that that empowers us and fuels us mm. to um, as much as we can by god's grace in this life to pursue that and, and, and walk in that way. That's good. So bring that sort of that, that teleological or that objective that God has already accomplished and is bring that into the church. Let that be what's driving us. That's, That's helpful. Right. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to say uh, a, a couple things to plug the book and you're not paying us to say this or anything, but, um, <laughs> but I, I think this is, an extraordinarily helpful book for for a few reasons. Um, it's so much so that I would I would encourage all of our listeners to get it and read it, especially if you have not read anything up to this point mm-hmm. on racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is an excellent, uh, kind, generous first book mm-hmm. for for a few reasons. Uh, one is thoroughly biblical and and your solutions are gospel solutions mm. um to uh i think that that you are extraordinarily generous uh with with people who um ethnically are not at the same in the same place that that you're that you are uh, you you understand um all all of those visceral reactions that that even like like godly people would have mm. to this i you clearly know them and understand them and sympathize with them um and 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 i just think that 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 is is very uh very helpful um and then again just uh your your applications are are hopeful but they're rooted in the gospel Mm -hmm. and and the gospel alone um and so this this idea of of salvation by grace through faith 
uh, it's Christ alone. This it, it's not just uh, a kind of tagline to get the reformed people in, mm-hmm. but it, it it permeates the book from from start to finish. And I I, I just thought it was super helpful. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's a great book. It really slows slows you down, mm-hmm. and it forces you. I think we were talking about this earlier, um, but it forces you to uh, to in, in order to go forward towards this ethnic unity that scripture is presenting as, as you make the case uh, to go forward towards that you've shown us how to go back uh, to first what God has done and what God has revealed about himself and his people that he's created mm-hmm. uh, in that sort of technicolor you know that 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 beauty uh, that is diverse mm-hmm. and, and you've also shown us how to go back into our history, especially our Protestant history, mm. pushing us back into the Reformation, which is, it's a, both of those places are not where most of these conversations are going. Mm. Uh, and I think it's helpful to sort of hit the Twitter pause button, hit the Facebook pause button, and to say, okay, I've heard everybody else's thoughts. Let me hear from the Lord and let me hear from his church. And I think that's a beautiful place to, to point us, a helpful one. Um, and, and so, yeah, thank you for doing that. Thank you for writing this book. And thank you for spending this time with us here on Food Trucks in Babylon. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah.